Welcome to Bruin Source. This is Isaiah. This is Ed. And we are recording here uh, after two weeks of UCLA football. Woohoo! Go Bruins! I I'm still kind of shocked we're two zero. I know it's uh, week three of college football now, but uh, and and we've already had a bye, which is which is kind of weird, but. Yeah, it's 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 uh, it's a strange feeling to go and look at the AP top twenty-five and see us at thirteen after the last several years of Chip Kelly football. Yeah, it's it's kind of what I think I found fascinating is the fact that we before we get back in like a quick recap of the game because I'm sure everybody's already seen recaps and and whatnot, so we won't even beat it down other than feelings, but. It, I think what I'm surprised about is just how fast the national media has just jumped on the Chip Kelly train. And I say that to be like, this guy was getting bashed by us. I mean, understandably, because we're taking the blows here. And But the, the media was just saying Chip Kelly doesn't have it to, to this year, just completely short-term memory to now say, I, I mean, he was always going to get it together. It was about the rebuild. Like, the whole narrative flip is fascinating. And, yeah, I mean, we sit idle for a week, and then next thing you know, we move three spots. And I, I, I think also, you know, as you've seen with college football, and one thing we're all understanding is just any team can get got any week except for Bama. Uh, and that speaks to dynasty he has. Um, and Georgia's trying to get to that level. But, yeah, so for that respect, it, it is pretty it shows how the fluid things are and 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 we can easily be in the playoff talks after a four game streak but I think it also speaks to the fact that we're 2-0 and one of those wins was against a team that the jury's still out on it in terms of this season some of us think it's they're gonna be eh mediocre some of us think they're gonna be better and some of us think they're gonna just be worse right than than expectations this is supposed to be a bounce back year one thing we can definitely say is the coaching's not there, but to that point is there's still a household name in the SEC, and with that comes cachet. And when you beat it, beat them, it just, for some reason, it just puts our team, I mean, not just for some reason, for many reasons we all understand, it puts our team, the spotlight's on our team, and people are like, hey, you got to pay attention to this team because not only did we play well and beat this team we did it in the style that seems sustainable and a model of you know continued winning so I mean with that said like it it is fascinating to see how much hype UCLA football is getting um and it's it's a relief because you know all of us have been waiting just to have this and if we can sustain this for even like this season and then you know beyond it's it's a good feeling for for Westwood so good start uh 2-0 Props to you, Chip Kelly, for showing out for two games. Um, so what did you think it's, of the game itself? Well, before I jump into that, I, I just want to say, like, the, that media narrative feels very lazy to me. Um, you know, about, especially around Chip, I think a lot of people who have been following UCLA football have been saying, like, I've kind of marked this besides the schedule as like the year Chip Kelly should have a solid to good team regardless of, of that LSU win. Um, so to kind of go back and be like, oh yeah, we this is how it was all planned. Like the, the media taking credit for, for predicting this when they've mostly been 
the national media at least has mostly been kind of claiming doom and gloom. Um, is 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 funny to me since they've it's really been a select few people that have been saying that this year would be good. I I don't necessarily know how sustainable this will be. Uh, that's what I'm worried about for the future, but we can talk about that at a later juncture. But um, in far, as far as that game goes, uh, like, so I, I, I actually ended up going, um, and it was a blast, man. Uh, I, I haven't felt that happy about a UCLA football game or win in... I don't know, since like Josh Rosen's first year or maybe the Texas A&M game, the comeback win, uh, like it was just, first of all, great atmosphere at the game, um, shutting off that 10,000 seats or whatever it is and, and basically being able to largely sell out the rest of the stadium makes for a much better atmosphere. Um, so that is... Props to Martin Jarman for coming up with that. And then just seeing a good product on field was, like, really refreshing. A, just a physical football team that knows what it's doing, um, whether it's on the offensive side or the defensive side. Now, did they play a perfect game? No, I don't think so. But And and did is LSU going to be a world beater? I don't think so. But there's a lot of talent on that team. Um and so it was, yeah, it, it just felt great to actually, like, not be ashamed to be a UCLA football fan anymore. I, I think that was the, the biggest takeaway uh, coming out of that game for me. Zed, uh, he, he threw the paper bag in the trash, so that's what I learned from this, usually. <laughs> there was never, it never came to that point, but uh, it came close. The brown paper bag at that. Yeah, it came very close a few times. Yeah. Oh, no. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the the game itself, like, it, it was just a perfect setup. It was a perfect storm for everything that needs to happen with a bounce back here, especially in week one. And um, I, props, like you said, in terms of the game day experience, in terms of the team showing up, everything just kind of aligned. And credit to Martin Jarman for, for you know, countering that, that very much purple surge that was coming to L.A. Um, you know, and especially we just had so many unknowns of, of what was going to happen with the team, uh, with, you know, life that's much more important outside of football with the Hurricane Ida and how that was affecting things. But it seemed like everyone from my, you know, my seats over here, which was 3,000 miles away, it seemed... Everybody had, you know, four hours just to forget about what was going on around the game and just focus on the game. And granted, it was at LSU's expense, and they clearly came to the Rose Bowl, a beautiful site, one of my, you know, the favorite place to to watch a football game. Um, But at the same time, you know, UCLA just, just had a cultural moment in LA. I mean, yeah, it's granted it's small, it's week one, but it felt like it was a place to be in LA that night. Um, and that Saturday, which is always a thing I would, I would hope become the norm in LA. Uh, and I was glad, you know, LSU was, was there to help us with that and whatnot. Yeah. I mean, there was, there was palpable buzz around the, the game kind of all week. Um, 
in LA. I think partially it's because uh, Jarman and the athletic department did a very, very good job of um, marketing the game to people, to fans. Um, and I think it was partially because LSU fans travel really well, and you saw them around Los Angeles kind of all week, um, whether it was in Westwood or just like any kind of major place you drove by or, or went to, there was, you know, you'd see a sprinkling of purple shirts walking around. So I think just because of that, it, that, that piece of it kind of reminded me of when there's like a Rose Bowl game um, and all the, the, the fans from out of state are just like in mass here for that week. Um, I remember like when Michigan State was in the Rose Bowl a few years ago, there were just Spartan fans everywhere. Um, they were kind of annoying. Um, but it, it was, um, it, it kind of reminded me of that in a way, um, just because they're fans. So there was palpable buzz around it and, and you're right. It did feel like a, a, a good place to be for a sporting event on a, on that weekend, um, on a long weekend here. Yeah, it was, it was just, um, I, I don't want to delve do, too deep into the details of the game. I think those have been probably rehashed everywhere, but you know, it's what we largely saw against Hawaii. Um, you know, great running game so far from what we can tell. Very, very physical defense. Um, I think the same question marks remain for me from the Hawaii game. Like, I know DTR had a statistically excellent game, but he, the first half at least, he was not passing the eye test for me personally. I, he, he was just doing some some head scratching, very frustrating things. Um, and then again, the secondary, I think is a little scary. I know we we let um, Butte, the their LSU's very, very, very excellent receiver who will be playing in the NFL yeah, one day pro. kind of Oh, for sure. Like catch the ball all over us and, and run all over us. But largely, you know, they played okay, but again that's the fear is when you have that kind of Uber athletic very, you know, springy kind of receiver who can go up and catch the ball regardless of who's guarding you. Um, that guy can kind of bully our secondary and, and there's a, a team or two out there. Um, especially there's one in the Pac-12 I can think of, but I won't name them that has a history of doing that to us, even when they're not very good. So, that's that's still a little bit of a worry for me, but yeah, it was again. It, it, it was they played football with an identity, and I think that identity is is fully forged now, and and it's good to see. I I I think, um, you know, going into the game preview, I was saying I'm confident in this game, and I would like to give myself credit. Uh, for predicting a 10-point win. I mean, granted, it was 11, but it was one off. But uh, the magic continues from March Madness, minus that Zags game said, so I'll take any credit from you. 
Anyone uh, else? Good, uh, keep, keep predicting him, and I'll keep predicting him the opposite way. That <laughs> seems to be working. That's, we're going to be splitters on this. Um, but to your point, yeah, I mean, there's not much to say about, about the game that's already out there. I think these LSU guys, it's one thing that's fascinating to me is how they've broken it down, and they really you know, gave us credit. I'll point out a few things. So number one is when they're watching a game, I saw a lot of holds that, that stopped our defense. Um, and I counted, I think, three or four uh, that were on ourselves. The most glaring was Mo Osling, who was held, and that could have been uh, just a fumble or a sack on uh, Max Johnson, right? But to that point is that our defense is really active and I mean there's so many pre-snap motions there's so many stunts there's so many fakes and I love that I love seeing our our lines just you see them in motion and it looks like like a dance formation that's happening right um it it is actually really it's really entertaining to watch our defense minus our secondary getting burned or you know things that have happened but in terms of, of what's going on in terms of the pass pressure, I'm really excited about that uh, moving forward. And, and obviously, there's going to be nicknames that are, are going to coin our defense, and I'm looking forward to that. But that's only going to happen if it keeps winning and we keep working. But Mitchell Agude, um, he did his thing. Agude. He's not a star. He, yeah. And, 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 and I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's picked in the draft, you know, maybe a late round, but maybe fourth. But, uh, you know, Caleb Johnson uh, also had, you know, that pick six, like not pick six, but a pick, you know, and, and, and showed a little bit of athleticism. But, you know, it's just exciting to see our defense. And I want to, you know, give a special shout out to Bo because he has he gave so much pressure and has played so well versus last year. And the improvements have to, you know, be given credit. And he's much better on the outside. It just seems like it's a more natural spot. Um, him flipping with Carl Jones on that position. But to that point is, yeah, I'm really impressed with our defense. And yeah, like you said, in terms of offense, it's just, I, I think I'm coming to the conclusion that I'm accepting that DTR is going to be our quarterback. As much as I like the thought of Ethan's game and where he can, you know, his ceiling, I don't know if he'll, he'll get to that this season. So I rather just embrace the chaos as I told Zed this, this past week and, you know, enjoy the ride. And as long as we keep winning, and DTR doesn't cost us a game, and he hasn't yet. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna ride with him, and I might not be a fan later, but I am somewhat. I'm still brewing now, and I'm rooting for him to succeed, and hopefully he can just have consistency. Because I know what you're talking about, and I think we talked about this during the game. We just don't feel comfortable with him behind a snap, uh, it, like especially starting out the game. There's this anxiety you know, until we get a few scores and you're like, okay, we can afford a, a error, right? But you want to get to a point that it's just, you're not even thinking that he's going to have an error. Like uh, that one yeah, play he's... where he, he threw the INT, Elias Ricks caught, like he had two guys open. He had Dulcich and Kyle Phillips. His most steady hands in the group were open to the left. They went into the into the field rather than the boundary. He just locked eyes and you know, completely missed a CB, which is super talented, a future pro, but it just, you know, you can't do that. And that's film he's going to study, but hopefully improves on. But there's just things that he does that I think he overplays, and it, it's just hard for him to to fix that now, and even in year four. There's just, yeah, 
he's a little too hot and cold right now still as a senior like QB. There's still too much variance between his like very, very good play and, and bad to mediocre play. And I, I, it's that's what's worrying about him um, to me. It's and I, I am legitimately worried that that is going to cost us a game against a good opponent. Like we're not going to be able to start off sluggish against a team like Oregon. Like we're not going to be able to start off sluggish against a, even a team like Utah on the road. So it is concerning. I I hear you. Like look, I. I'm not, I don't think anybody should be actively rooting against the guy in that sense. Like, I hope he gets it together. I just don't have the confidence in him anymore to, that he will. Um, and, and I don't know, it feels like you sh- Chip isn't going to do this, but it feels like the offense can be run better. Like, I don't know about Ethan. We've only seen him in limited action. But, like, even a guy like Chase Griffin last year, yes, you lose some of the upside of DTR's athleticism and big arm when you put a guy like Chase Griffin in. But with Chase Griffin, we, I don't know, there just seemed like there was a little bit more confidence and efficiency there to where he he wasn't he wasn't a guy that was going to make a bad mistake he's going to make his reads he's going to make you know the the right decision when he needs to and manage the game properly and that feels like just being able to do that with our run game will be more effective than like having the high upside guy like DTR try to make a play but then really just do something stupid and turn it over, like trying to throw into double coverage in a in a like pivotal juncture of a big game. That's what worries me. So I I think you're right. We are going to ride with DTR through the season, barring you know anything uh, injury related happening, which hopefully does not. Um, and. We just kind of have to have our fingers crossed that he um, keeps it together in and, and, and the big moments, in those big games. So, yeah, we'll see. Also, props to, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. I think, I think we'll always, you know, go a little bit back and forth. Like, even during a game, I was just like, oh, my gosh, I can't stand DTR. And I, and I said that, you know, in the moments of frustration and – and because you just know what he's capable of and and I think he's just trying to figure out you know what kind of QB he is and I it is fourth year in that respect one year in high school and so we know that but it's frustrating for fans for us in the moment and if he turns it out I mean there's it's only game two so if he turns it out and just all of a sudden starts ripping it then we'll sit here and we'll eat crow like gladfully you know <laughs> and, I, and, and in that respect like I have no problem but um, oh yeah but some of the mental errors that he just continues to have they're just like you know because the thing is he's a smart QB let me let me put that straight like in terms of what he knows like I see certain plays but then he just locks in on this moment that he wants and and I'm just like, what are you doing? You saw it. And I say, like, because some plays I'm like, okay, smart quarterbacking. Um, I'll say this. Like, for example, this game, there was an over snap, 
and he went and grabbed the ball and, and threw it out of bounds, and that's something that he wouldn't have done last year. Like, props to him on that, right? And I was just like, but you still saw the ball flying, and you were like, where's it going? As soon as you see it going out of bounds, you're like, okay, he did the right thing, he did the right thing, he did the right thing. And those are just the things, um, you know, you have to, to respect, like, in terms of that, or acknowledge. I don't want to say respect. Acknowledge in terms of growth, but... There's just still areas he has to clean up for us to just feel like we, you know, this drive's not going to be chaotic in that respect. But at the same time, I said embrace the chaos. We're winning. And until he trips us up again, until we have a slow start and, you know, there's a hole we can't dig out of it. Like, all right, DTR, we're riding with you. I I really like the way um, our our coordinators used him our in the in the second half of that game where we called a lot of design runs for him. Um, I think that opens a lot of things up for the offense for the rest of the run game. But also, when you do have to respect him, kind of taking off around the edge or or you know, getting that run play in there, like it, it hopefully does open something up for the pass game because you do have to kind of keep a spy on him a little bit more. So. I, I, I really like that, and hopefully we can keep doing a little bit more of that, and hopefully that, that results in him playing better overall as a quarterback. Um, but anyways, I, to, to not belabor this point anymore, let's, like, how are you feeling about the next game? We have um, Fresno State coming up on, on Saturday. Um, we have some... Recent history of Fresno State, not good history of Fresno State. Uh, how are you feeling about this game? And plus, Fresno State has been, they've lost a couple of very close games against some very, very good teams. So I, I think Fresno State is the real deal. Yeah, I, I think it, Zed kind of alluded to it that he was there in 2018 um, when, you know, Chip Kelly's third game of his career after and uh yeah it, there's a famous picture that i think i mentioned on a, on an episode before <laughs> of, of zed encapsulating all the emotions that ucla fans at this moment when we realized that we didn't win any of our conf- non-conference games in year one of this you know high profile coach who's supposed that, to come save us so that here we picture are has made the rounds around my family uh, in my in-laws with my in-laws and it, it's just it's become so famous that anytime <laughs> there is any sort of remotely sad event regardless of whether it's related to sports or not that photo gets posted that one yeah we're hanging up in the Louvre but uh, so so let me ask are you going to be there that's my first question I am going to be there I'm going to be there to exercise my demons um I I will not I'm I need to go look at that photo so I can make sure I'm not wearing any of the those jerseys that or that jersey that is in that photo or a hat or any piece of clothing um, to make sure I do not bring any of that bad juju into the, the stadium with me from that last game. If you can't um, tell, yeah, Zed's pretty superstitious when it comes to his uh, UCLA sports. Yeah, very much so. So I'm not I'm not risking anything here. Um, can I, I can I make a special request? 
Yeah, what's can, up? Can you bring a picture of that and just keep it with you? And if the game turns out how I think it's going to turn out, uh, you can rip that picture on camera and, <laughs> and, and retire away the tears that Fresno will, State has brought you over the past three years. I will do you one better. I will go find the seat I was sitting in um, and recreate the photo in a happy mode rather than a depressed shell of a human being um, and, and, and do that. But yes. Amazing. I will, uh, I will try my best. I do think that seat might be covered up now. <laughs> so we'll just we'll, we'll have to message the ad department for a special request but i think i hinted at uh what i what i think is going to happen i think fresno state's a real deal to your point um the only thing here is that i think fresno state has some weaknesses and i watched i mean the game wasn't really available to watch during but um they played cal poly this weekend and they put up 63 points they played they played when they played um what's it called Oregon the week before. They put up a lot of points and they stayed in it. They had the lead and everything, at one point. And to that, I think they have some guys we need to watch out for. Um and and they're they're real players now. They're you know Tedford is not there anymore. Uh, most people don't really know that, and but he's still close to the program and their new coach, which I can't even think of his name at the moment. I should know it, but I don't. So. That's that's Fresno State's fault. But uh, what's it called? He, you know, he's he seems like he's building a tough team, and and they have a quarterback, Jake Heiner, who transferred from Washington. You know, and it looks like Washington needs him now. But he's been he's been slinging the ball the past few games and the past couple game few or a couple games, three games, so few games that they've played. Uh, whether it's UConn, but it's hard to measure. I think Oregon was a good measure, but again, it was week one for Oregon. And as we see, Oregon has bounced back, and even and on the following week, it's just hard to measure week one games. So while I think Fresno State is good, while they put up, you know, extreme amount of points on UConn, which is a dying program, and a Cal Poly team, which was coached by Bo Baldwin, who comes from Cal. Um, under Justin Wilcox, and the jury's out to be seen on what he does now. Uh, I I don't I still think we're overrating them just a little bit, and so I'm gonna go out. You know, I don't think it's too controversial to say that because I think their O line is weak, uh, and I think our pressure with this new defense again is gonna wreck them. Um, now they have a wide receiver, and I think if he can get the ball in space, that they can gain a few yards. But as long as we just do contain and zone. I think we're fine. Um, I really don't think they're going to put up as many points as we think. And I just say that because I don't think they're dealing with a defense like ours. And and I say that because not that Chip Kelly and, and Brian Norwood and uh, grudgingly I say as has come up with the most innovative defense, but I think it's one that's that there's not enough tape on and I don't think Fresno State's going to be prepared for uh, so I think we're going to win. I, to, to sum that up, I didn't even talk about the defense. They have a few guys on defense that are going to give us some trouble, but I think we're going to still be able to score with our O-line. So there's a summary there. I think Mosby is one to watch out for on the pass rush. But with that said, I think we win 35-17. Uh, to 17. That's my prediction. Fresno, Fresno State's the 
exact type of team that really scares me that kind of you know has been flying under the radar has a a a good collection of of d1 talent um you know guys like elijah gates that uh the former ucla db who went ended up there um you know good athletes that are didn't necessarily pan out at their original d1 like power sorry power con um conference uh destinations who ended up in Fresno State um, and are, are playing pretty well there and, and have good coaching kind of combined with that. And that scares me because I think it's the type of team that you can easily write off, right? Like as a player, as a coach, hopefully not, but, you know, as a coach, you definitely still can be like, hey, it's just Fresno State, we can do that. Not, not that I'm saying that our coaching staff will be like that, but as a player, you can. And so... That combination kind of scares me. They again, like you've said, they've put up points. What what scares me more is they're, I'm, I'm or not necessarily scares me, but what I'm interested in seeing is how our run game goes against their run defense. Um, obviously, our running game has been kind of the major strength of the offensive side of the ball, and for their defense, they've only been giving up less than a hundred yards a game so far. Um, now again, you, to your point, they played, uh, UConn that has probably inflated that stat a little bit, but still, regardless of that, it's an impressive feat. Um, they're, they're playing good run defense. So I'm curious to see if we can uh, kind of what, if they're going to try to force DTR and force our passing game to beat them rather than you know, have Charbonnet and Britton Brown run all over them, and their strategy will be just to kind of try to shut that phase of our game down. Um, so I'm, I'm curious to see how that pans out, but I don't know, man. I, last time we played Fresno State, I was very, very confident we would at least beat Fresno State, and we did not. So I, Let's remember, I, we have 53 guys on scholarship versus now over No, I know there's a lot of 85 factors, plus. Or 85, you can't have more than 85, but you get my point. I think, you know yeah. what, I'm going to say, I think because they play Oregon so tough, it actually works against them that they're in now that Oregon won. It's funny just how things, like, fall upward. But uh, the fact that they played Oregon tough, Oregon beats Ohio State, all of a sudden Fresno State has respect. <laughs> and, you know, even down yeah. to the Twitter jokes where people are like, which which team is better, Fresno State, Ohio State? There's just so much material you can play with there because they both scored the same amount of points against uh, against Oregon. So to that point is I I think the the difference here is Fresno State has been that tough team. They're the, the Valley kids. Me myself coming from the Valley, I can very much you know I've I've been around those athletes whether in high school or not. They have a chip on their shoulder. Just and they, to be clear for our LA LA listeners, Central Valley. Central Valley, yeah, sorry, not the the Fernando, the SF Valley, but um, but to that point is like these guys, you know, are very much carry that monarch, you know, that whole identity of being the hard workers, the the grinder outs, and the guys with chips on their shoulders that's been overlooked. There's a lot of teams that you know they get up for USC and UCLA games. This is kind of like their bread and butter to upset our teams. Granted, they haven't had much success against the other programs as they had with us recently, and they've caught us at good times. I don't think we're overlooking them. And I, versus, 
I, I don't want to say we were overlooking them in 2018, but it, we just weren't uh, well equipped because it was our first we year. Good. We weren't good. Like, that was just the fact of a 3-9 and nine UCLA team. And so to that point is, like, I just think we're going to be well prepared. I think the bye week helps us so much in terms of getting over the LSU win, which, I mean, we had fucking confetti, like, spraying over. <laughs> like... <laughs> I think there's an argument to be said that that maybe wasn't necessary, but it was for the moment. I think we that's might be we, doing that every win, though. Hey, if we do that, that's amazing. But I also, like, oh my gosh, I remember when we used to have fireworks. Now we have confetti, so it you know hey, rose bowls. We have a really out. cool light show now in the stadium. I I heard that was actually I seen a few YouTube clips and it actually looked really cool. So hopefully I think, they, I think that's that's one of the the game day enhancements that going forward they're going to keep doing and it was that that thing got the crowd pumped. I think um, if we can own like a, a cultural little staple of California love and and make it our own, that's pretty cool. It can be our jump around. Um, our, yeah, they've been playing it for years. It's not like. I, I've been seeing like these old heads on Twitter, like be like, "What is this song? Why? Why was it being played?" I'm like, "The song's been being played for at least a decade, if not longer." It definitely was there when we were um, when we were season ticket holders together. Because I remember after yeah, the third like quarter, we were in school. It's after the third quarter, right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Going into the fourth. Yeah. Yeah. It's been there for a while, but it seems like it's not just them just playing a track. Hit it. They're just actually like, let's turn off the lights. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a it's a much more immersive experience, but it's it's anyways. But that's what you get when you get Martin Jarman. You get someone who's been in the Big Ten and he's seen Purdue do something like this three years ago, and now he's like, why the heck are we not making the Rose Bowl it? You know, so. I'm excited for that. And then Fresno State fans are going to show up um, in the same way. I don't know you know, as many are going to show up as LSU fans, but they have a pretty large contingent that is ready to see Fresno State kick some butt. Uh, their fans are very confident, as they should be, um, You know, again, with that chip on their shoulder. Um, a little bit to the point, they're a little like off the mark in terms of their analysis on our team, but that's okay. We will find out on Saturday. On that front, but I, you know, again, going back to my prediction, I say it's going to be 35-17. What's your number? What, what, you know, everything, I know you, you pointed out a few things, but what, what, what do you have? Where are we at? In the spirit of keeping this fair and balanced, um, just like Fox News, uh, that was a joke, fuck Fox News, um, in, in the interest of keeping our, our balanced juju going that has seemingly worked, I'm going with 21-24 Fresno State. No! <laughs> we can't do this every single game. You're not going to do this against a, Arizona. Stanford, they okay. Went a, they went on a last-minute field goal. Oh, no. The demons, the demons come back to haunt me. Oh, gosh. And then we're going to have another seat with another classic picture, and we're going to have to beat Air- Fresno State. I was going to say Arizona State. But uh, Fresno State twice to exercise. The demons just pile up. This is... N- I-, I can't accept this. This is... They're becoming our new Stanford. 
<laughs> which ironically is coming up the following week, and they're looking tough. So we need to beat Fresno State. This could. This is now. I, what did they say? This is the Super Bowl before LSU. This is the most important game. Wait, no, it's not the most important game. Fresno State it sounds like it's the most important game now of the Chip Kelly era. <laughs> Well, to be fair, Chip Chip has been saying his goal is, you know, to be one and zero every single week. Like that's their their focus um, on a weekly basis. So I I do like seeing that kind of mentality and not kind of putting every game into the the larger context of the season to, but just being like we need to win, just just win the week, and that's I think a, the the right mentality here. I. Look, I, I semi-facetiously gave that score. I, I do think we will win that game. Um, I think it'll be close, but I, we should win that game. And I, I'm, I'm hoping Fresno State, to some degree, is like a little bit out of steam after losing like these very close games to some other very good teams. So um, I, I, I think we do win it by I'll give you my real prediction I'm going with like 21 I'll say we win this game 28-21 28-21 okay it'll be close but I think we we win and I think it'll be you know Fresno State scoring kind of a late touchdown to make it seem a little closer than it is that's what I'm thinking but it will be closer than that to okay, that sounds appropriate. I'll take that. Not that I need to sign off on your predictions, but the vibe I was getting from you before our uh, recordings. Yeah, it's just it's gonna be a, a tough game, but I don't see us losing this one. Um, and yeah, I mean the Bulldogs. It's always just nice to 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 beat a Mountain West because that's what you're supposed to do as a Pac-12 team which is a very mysterious conference at this moment, but we won't go into that. That's for another podcast, if any podcast at all. Uh, but cool. Are you referring to the realignment uh, discussion there or just how, how god-awful the rest of the conference is? Just how, yeah, how just erratic the performances have been over the past two weeks, and we only have three undefeated teams in the Pac-12. But it's it's fun. I think another thing that helps is that with our case is that the fact that we beat LSU how we did or and Hawaii and the fact that we are one of three teams um with the you know the second best win of the conference um and we're now we're just being propped up in that space of holding the Pac-12 together like it it's a nice feeling cuz it's something we didn't acknowledge. We are the only L.A. ranked school at the moment uh, due to the fact that there is a dumpster fire happening over in West Adams and in, in South L.A. So, yeah, uh, it, it's a pretty exciting time. I think we just need to keep it going uh, by beating a tough Fresno team. And I think it's a good setup for us to, to play a, a tough Stanford. Well, I don't know. Again, it's just mysterious. I was going to say a tough Stanford team, but they play. they're playing a very just down falling USC program so uh here we are football is trending up I watched that game it was hard to read anything out of it just because like USC is so soft 
and it just none of that game made any sense. And I, I do think part of why Stanford looked significantly better was David Shaw pulled his head out of his butt and actually started and played Tanner McKee in a consistent QB role, uh, even though he was very blatantly, obviously, like much better than the other guy whose name I don't even remember. Um, and I think that just stabilized their offense a little bit more. Like they were efficiently running the ball and and actually making plays. But again, hard to know because that defense, you know, a week or two ago, we were looking at it and being like, hey, they, that other school actually might have a solid defense. But they just look soft. And, and again, their offense has just been throw it up to Drake London and see what happens. Um and they just didn't make enough of those plays. It felt like um, the running game did come alive a little bit more in the second half. But again, it was like garbage time by that point. So I don't know. It's it's you can't. It's hard to. You're right. It's very hard to read these teams. Um, UW is pretty bad from what I've seen. Um, so like all these teams that were in, and Utah freaking lost to BYU. So. For the first time since 2009, so there you go. Uh, yeah, like, so now we're, now we're like, in this weird territory where you don't really know who's good in this conference. Um, I think it's safe to say Oregon is very good. Yeah. Like, I, I feel confident in saying that. I know they, they played a couple of close games, but, you know, they went in to the horseshoe and be a good Ohio State team. Um, and, you know, Ohio State, regardless of if they're good or great, they're at least baseline always good. And going on the road to that stadium and beating them is, is an impressive impressive feat regardless of the year. Yeah, um, agreed. So there's, there's that. And then I, I think if we can win this game, then I think we very sol- like solidly solidify us up there with Oregon as like one of these uh, the top teams of our conference, um, and as a as an actual legit contender for the the conference crown. So that October twenty second or twenty third game is is looking more and more important. Agreed. I will say this though: if we lose, so your your score, first score prediction, if we lose twenty four twenty one to Fresno State, it's not the end of the world. Um, I say that because they are not a conference loss. Uh, USC has now have one conference loss. Uh, Utah doesn't, um, but in you know Arizona just doesn't look good so we still have a chance to win the south i just want to put that out there to fans like it's gonna hurt if you know or it will hurt if if that's the case but if we can gather ourselves for conference play then we still have a season we can very much be successful on so it's not the end of the world i'm saying this to all bruin fans i'm saying this to you zed because you're going to be there uh to experience the game um It'll be frustrating. It'll be, you know, triggers of whatever we've we dealt with the past three years. But it's this one is one that I don't want to say it without saying it. But the reality is we can afford to lose without it ruining the season. It's not the most important game. No, 
end of the world. <laughs> Absolute end of the world. So that's the that's the sum up of the Fresno State game. <laughs> it cuts it cuts us down from the knees and we will get zero respect. <laughs> Just back back to the pit. Um okay, cool. Well, you know, we're gonna wrap up here. Uh there's other UCLA sports that are going on. They're doing really well. Men's water polo. Um Women's you know, soccer team. Women's soccer teams on a roll. I, and then men's, I think they just dropped a game, but they were starting out strong this season, which is good. They're just trending. Yeah, they had a four-game win streak for a little bit and then fell apart. Yeah. Um, again, what is it? The second year of their new coach, right? If I'm right? Yeah. Yeah, so we're, we know it's you know a rebuilding process. And then uh, volleyball. Volleyball is doing well, so... UCLA sports is doing well. I think one thing I want to point out before we jump off, it was it was cool to see. I was reading uh, Bill Plaschke's article in the LA Times, and two quotes. Wow. I was, yeah, I know because the title was was glorious and him calling for Helton's firing. There's two things I pulled out of there. One was a, a big reflection of the U.S. state USC program of the you know the past few years, and we know the type of you know five star blue blue chip guys they get. They got there's a quote in there that says from Chris Still, who we all know is, you know, this the the five star C B who was committed I think he was committed to us for a bit, right? Yeah. He was, yeah. Yeah, so and then he decommitted, then went to Florida. Anyways, it was a circus. He says, I feel like we're one of the most hated teams in college football. We gotta embrace that stuff, come back every week and show people why we're the villains. He said this after their home game. He was talking about the booze that they were getting at their own home game. Like, how could you manipulate the whole situation of you just playing, like, crap, like, and being able to take that as motivation? I think that's pretty impressive. Um, So, yeah, that's the state of where USC, you know, blue chip recruits are at right now, or their talent. And then the second thing was, while he was making a point that USC is crumbling... He gave a you know a pretty good compliment to us, and I think that speaks to our UCLA department. He says a surging UCLA athletic department under energetic new leadership. You know, and he talked about how US, the Los Angeles market is buzzing. You know, and things are going well elsewhere, but USC is crumbling. So it's nice to see us in that light, and as long as we keep it going, it's it, the the decade. You know, has a pretty bright outlook. So exciting times. It helps us all. It's a good time to be a Bruin. Keep Helton forever. Helton forever. Hashtag Helton forever. Yeah, they should hire him as their AD, honestly. I mean, it it wouldn't change much. I mean, he's Bone seems like the Helton of ADs right now. So we'll we'll take it all. Keep, Keep it. them all. Give them all rings for winning a game or something. More elite eight rings, please. Seriously, these hires have been home runs. The past few years, so keep I think they're doing a great job, personally. <laughs> uh, it's amazing work, but so we'll see how things play out over there. But until Fresno State, uh, you know, goes ahead and crushes our dreams, our Zed's dreams, not mine. Uh, you know, we're rolling. So we're gonna sign off on that note. Is there anything else you need to share with the peoples? Nope, and uh, hopefully we uh, crush Fresno State this weekend. <laughs> Oh, man. Here we go. All righty. Well, we will catch you all um, 
next week, hopefully after uh, not a loss. A win. So, But signing yeah. off, it's, it's, it, we'll see you next week. And go Bruins. Go Bruins.